Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Let me just share something with you guys, just about the opposite of optimistic. It's called pessimistic. Everybody say pessimistic. Come on. So this last week, uh, I, you know, I had some serious back issues. Actually, the last six weeks where my back has just been hurting. And I don't know if you've ever been there before, but sometimes you hear about back pains and I'm always telling myself, well, how bad can it really be right here in the lower back? Who knows what I'm talking about, right? Sciatic nerve. So I actually decided, let me just go over to my doctor and just see if they can do something. Give me something. I don't know. So I went to the doctor and as soon as I got to my doctor, he said, well, how, how bad is your pain from a one to 10? I said, 10. He said, you're, you're being a little dramatic, aren't you? I said, no, it really does. It hurts. And I'm feeling so much pain. What is wrong with me? And he goes, Nate, it's simple. You're getting old. <laughs> and as, as if that wasn't shocking as an answer, I said, oh, okay. Well, you get paid big bucks to tell the truth, huh? Um, and then I said, well, what do I do with my kids? Like, my kids are running around everywhere. How do I pick them up? I love my kids. And, and, and he just says, I know kids are just, gosh, they're just a lot to handle, aren't they? I mean, just running everywhere and acting like little, he goes, I'm sorry, man, but you just, you can't pick up your kids for a while. Okay. I said, well, he goes, well, did you have a traumatic, like, did something happen to you? And I said, no, no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, two years ago. I ruptured my Achilles. I tore it completely, just tore it. And he goes, Oh, you were never going to heal like how you were before. He goes, So you're done, bro. He goes, You can just kiss the next 20 years goodbye. And literally, my wife would tell you, I went home and what's the first thing I did? I found me a new doctor. Somebody say, Amen. He was done. I was like, Dude, really? I'm never coming back to you ever again, but I went to a new doctor, and the doctor was like, hey, you're going to be okay, let me give you the right therapist, and I went to therapy, and he had me sitting on this ball, bouncing back and forth, and it was weird, but it was cool, and my back feels a whole lot better, people, you know what I mean? And I'll tell you why, it's because it's interesting how sometimes when we get ourselves around just negative people, man, we can get really sucked into believing that everything around us can be negative sometimes, right? You turn on the TV now, everything you see on TV, if it leaves it bleeds. If you watch something, uh, you know what it's about for the most part. If something happens somewhere, and 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 this person did this. If you if you turn on any late night shows now, it's always trashing on certain people or whatever, and everything is negative and negative so much that you can actually believe God. This world was so much better before. But can I tell you, this is the best that we've ever been as a, a, a global community. We are in the best days, and I actually believe God is up to something good. Somebody say Amen. Come on, I'm gonna be preaching today, and I need y'all just to respond a little bit with me. We are in the best days that we have ever been before, and we have so many reasons to actually be optimistic in life you know we can get really trapped into actually believing that things are bad based off the people that are around us and here's the funny thing optimistic people they see the glass half full pessimistic people see the glass half empty funny thing is there's a scripture in the bible that says your cup runneth over and an optimistic person would say yes i want more a pessimistic person will say oh that's a lot of cleaning up to do you know 
it's all about how you see certain things. And really, the place that it starts is two places that we can truly be negative. One way is we have this thing called self-talk. Whenever we make a decision on anything, you and I actually talk to ourselves about the decision that we're about to make. And in that place, sometimes you can even actually tell a lot about someone just off the words that come out their mouth. You can tell how they talk about themselves. In fact, let me tell this little story real quick about this lady that was going to Rome. And on her way uh, to, uh, you know, she's about to go on this trip. She goes to her hairstylist and she tells the hairstylist, hook me up, make me look good. And the hairstylist is talking to her and the hairstylist says, well, where are you going? And she goes, well, I'm going to Rome. And she goes, ooh, Rome, that place is dirty. You don't want to go there. The people aren't nice. And she says, well, how are you getting there? Well, we're taking Continental Airlines and we have a really good deal. She goes, Continental Airlines. That's the worst airlines in the world. They're so rude. They barely speak any kind of whatever. And they're, they, the, the food is nasty. She says, what are you doing in Rome? She goes, well, we were planning on visiting the Vatican and hopefully we get to see the Pope. You and 50 other thousand people. She goes, it's crowded. You don't want to go over there and, and so on. Well, sure enough, the lady goes to Rome and comes back and goes, you won't believe how things run. The lady goes, well, tell me, tell me, how was it? And she goes, well, the first thing is we went on Continental Airlines and they gave us first class upgrade for free and it was so much stinking fun. And then she says, oh, well, how was the hotel that you stayed at? They give us the honeymoon suite. It was beautiful. We were like, just, just appreciative of how nice they were to it. She goes, oh, well, what happened with the Vatican or the Pope? And she goes, you won't believe this. As we were at the Vatican, two guards came to us and said to us, hey, every now and then the Pope wants to come meet you. And she said, would you guys want to come and just, just meet the Pope? And she said, you met the Pope? She said, yes, I did. And she says, well, what did he say to you? She said, he leaned in and the first thing he said to me, who gave you that ugly haircut, you know? <laughs> I stole that from Pastor Todd. I want y'all to know that, you know. <laughs> uh, everything is about perspective. It really is. There's people who are just natural pessimists and people who are just naturally optimistic. And here's what I want you to know. We have so many things in life to be grateful for. Now, let me say this to you before I continue. I am not a self-help guru that does yoga all day long and just says, you should be optimistic about everything in life. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying to you. I'm actually saying that life should be like this. In fact, go ahead and put this up on the screens. That we are, we ought to be optimistic, not based off on what we feel, but really based off what God says. Come on, somebody. If we base everything in life based on, on how we feel, it's like a roller coaster ride. It goes like this, up and down. Because you wake up in the morning, you feel great. Then you go get some coffee, you feel fantastic. You go to work and you hit traffic. So, come on, somebody. Somebody cuts you off from a freeway. You come to work and somebody has a bad attitude. And all of a sudden, your roller coaster ride of feeling optimistic just keep going like this. Somebody tells you they drafted a Raider on their fantasy football team. You're like, what? Right? And all these things in life. And, and, but when you base it off what God says. Can I just say this to you? You have so many great things to actually look forward to in life. You do. In fact, this morning, here's what I want to do quickly. I'm going to take you over something called the great eight. And, and, and the great eight, Romans chapter eight has eight incredible things that if you self-talk in your mind about what these things are, if you can get to a place that when you're making a decision, you start off with some of these, watch your life change. There's great things to hope for in life. You can be optimistic about so many things in life, not based off of what's happening in the world or based off of what you feel, but based off on what God 
God is saying to you. So let us get started. Romans chapter 8. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down real quick. And here's where we're going to start. When you talk to yourself, remind yourself of these say, number one, my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Come on, that should make somebody clap their hands right now. Just knowing that in itself that, hey, my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Romans chapter eight says this, verse one and two. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death in other words when you put your faith and your dependency on who christ is guess what your shame is done with there is no condemnation in the body of christ the past that you had god does not look at that and say i'll hold that against you one day but instead you've been set free you can walk in the freedom that god has for you in your life and you have this eternity through jesus christ amen and amen to that come on somebody and so you know and this is what we get to sometimes sometimes we get to a place where we start thinking in ourselves <coughs> and i know you can understand when i say this is like we think about the things that we've done and we start asking ourselves well what if somebody found out or what if somebody really knew the things that i struggle with or what if somebody and here's what i want you to know the bible actually says is that god takes your sins and he throws it as far from the east as he does the west in hebrews it actually says this that that jesus saves to the uttermost all that means is this is that is that when you believe in christ to be your personal lord and your personal savior that God, God does not give it to you according to some kind of contract or, 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 or saying, hey, if you do this, you have to do this in return. No, he freely gives it to you so that now you have salvation and you can be optimistic about life just based on that in itself. Number two is just that I can be optimistic because Jesus is at the right hand of God and he's praying for me. Romans chapter 8 verse 34 says Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and he's also interceding for us listen there's something powerful about prayer and there's something even more powerful when you ask someone who's like a a, a pastor or whatever to pray for you because somehow you think actually wow God just listens to them who knows what I'm talking about sometimes you come to somebody and I used to have a friend named Will and Will used to pray for me and for some reason Will was different than everybody else because if I asked Billy to pray for me Billy would say God bless Nate and just be with Nate not Will Will would be like father if it is thou your will and it was something majestic about the way Will prayed Will will lay his hands on me and I would feel a tingle sometimes and I'm like oh my goodness right and and he would pray for me and all of a sudden it was cool. And then he would do one of these things where most people that pray will go like this, but he would point as if him and God had this connection, right? And he would just say, God, I pray for Nate. And there is something majestic about uh, uh, having certain people who pray a loud way or whatever. And I, I don't know what it is, but here's, here's a cool thought to wrap your mind around. Watch this. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is interceding on your behalf. Even when you don't know what Jesus is covering you, Jesus is watching over you. Tell me that's not a, something that is so awesome. It's like this. Watch, watch. But a few years ago, uh, when my daughter, uh, Gabriella was, uh, one years old, my wa- my daughter told me to watch my daughter and my, my wife told me to watch my daughter and we were living in a four story home. And all I know is I wasn't watching her. I don't know what I was doing. I was maybe on my phone, right? And so, and so it would just, it was just like this, but it was wild. It was just like this is that we have this big ladder and somehow she found herself on a ladder at the top of the ladder. And all I remember is walking in a room and she's falling. 
and I caught her. And this is the first time I just told my wife, because she's looking at me like, what just took place? (laughs) But that's how life is. And sometimes we're doing certain things. Listen, I want you to catch this real quick. Is that that's how, when we're going through, when we go through stuff in life, Jesus is interceding on our behalf. He's covering us. He's watching over us. He's closer to us than what we know. And that in and itself is something to be optimistic about. Number three is this. My future victory is greater than my present pain. My future victory is greater than my present pain. I know that last year was rough for a lot of people, and for some people, maybe it wasn't. Here's what I know. We asked people two weeks ago to write down on a single card uh, people that they're believing for, names of people they just, they've been praying for. And, and we got that, but also we got a lot of prayer requests as well. And as we got this, we, we as a team, we prayed for you guys, and, and I saw a lot of things that people have been dealing with, and I get it. I know it. I know, I know it's been rough. For a lot of us this past year. And here's, here's what I want to do. I actually want to tell you what Paul says about when you go through things. This is how you ought to see it. He says in Romans chapter 8, he goes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that God will be revealing in us. In other words, he's saying, guys, listen, what you're going through, it doesn't even compare. It, is, it doesn't even stand... <coughs> It doesn't even stand close to what God actually wants to do in your life. Now, if I told you that, that can actually be quite offensive because you might say, well, dude, you have no idea what I've been through. And you're right. I don't. But we're talking about a man named Paul who actually dedicated a whole chapter in the Bible just based off all the crazy things he's been through. He's been shipwrecked. He's been cast to sea. He's been whiplashed 39 times, Uh, you know, at one point. He was in the sea for a day and a half, just, just floating. Come on. How many of y'all know that's scary in itself, you know? And, 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 and after all that, after all the things that he went through, what does Paul do? Paul says, guys, count it all joy. Rejoice because you can't compare what we go through right now cannot even compare what God has in store for you and I. And I want to encourage you, man. Yes, that God has not forgotten about you. And there's something that God is going to reveal in and through us. And your future victory is greater than your present pain. Uh, let me move forward real quick. And number four is this. My mind is filled with the peace of God. I can be optimistic because my mind is filled with the peace of God. Romans chapter 8 verses says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. See, our minds, we don't have to allow uh, our flesh to govern everything, every single thing we do. No, no, that's just stressful. In fact, it is too stressful to try to control things that are out of your control. Can I get in, man, somebody? You can't. There's certain things you just can't control in life. And for some reason, our mind will try to wrap itself around it and, and try to figure out, well, what can I do and how can I do this? And, and the Bible just says, oh, no, 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 no. That probably leads to death sometimes. But when you have the spirit of God in your life working in and through you, you have the peace of God in your life. It's the peace that God gives to anyone. And this is one of the greatest exchanges you can do. When you give God your trust in exchange, he gives you his peace somebody come on and i'm telling you i know this for real in fact just the other day i talked to a friend of mine and and as i was talking to them i named all the reasons why my kids might actually not turn out to be good one day i said well i'm not doing this and this this isn't right and they're not in this school and this and that and this and that and this and that he said dude dude did you forget about god did you forget to actually trust god with your kids 
And I felt this peace come over me like never before. It's like when I travel, and I travel quite a lot, and I'm in the air. Have you ever been in an airplane, and there's turbulence, and it scares the life out of you? Who knows what I'm talking about? Like, you're sitting in there, and the plane is just shaking and shaking, and then the people on the, and the speakers are like, it's okay, guys. Things will be fine. Just just hang on to your seats and put on your seatbelts. Well, listen, at one point in my life, that was like a scary time for me. But I had one man tell me, has God ever failed you before? No. He said, can you control the outcome? Not really. So just have fun. He said, let the peace of God be a part of your life. I want to encourage you, man. There are certain things that are way out of your control. It really is. But when you trust God, you're saying, God, I'm giving you my trust. But in exchange, would you please give me your peace that surpasses all understanding? Next, it says, I can be optimistic that if God is for me, then who can be against me? If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, chapter 31 says, Uh, Verse 31 says, who would bring any charge against those that God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Listen, your life, just just by hearing that, you should just feel good that if God is for me, then who can be against me? And sometimes we forget that. We allow, we invite people in our lives that just have critical thinking to actually say things in our life. And here's what I want to say to you. Why do we do that? Why do we allow people who are critical themselves to criticize who we are? Because God... God is for us, and if God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, somebody. You know, this is like in high school. I remember my freshman year in high school, I, I was getting, I don't want to use the word punked, but yes, I was getting punked. So people one time in the locker room took my shoes, and they picked on a little new African kid that just came to America, and they put my shoes in different places, and I'm walking around barefooted asking guys, well, can you give me my shoes back? Where's my shoes? And that's a mean thing to do, but that's just high school teenagers are. Sometimes they can be that way, but that's okay. I love them. Um, and and I was looking for my shoes. Then listen, a few weeks later, I had to come up with a new strategy, and I found it. There was a new guy that got transferred to our school. He was six foot seven, and his name was Paul. And Paul was this big, big, big Samoan dude uh, that was new to the school. So what do you think I did? I was like, hey, how are you? I became, we became such close friends. So much that my trash talk game got elevated a little bit. Because now I would say stuff and it just felt better. Why? Because if Paul's for me, who can be against me, somebody? Come on. I'm telling you right now, if God is for you, who can be against you? We have got to believe that in our hearts. If God is our biggest cheerleader, if God is rooting for you, if God is saying, I gave you strength to stand in this, I gave you healing power to stand in this, I gave you everything that you need, then we have got to stand in that and believe it because if God is for you, who can be against you? Let me move forward with somebody. And here's this. My favorite is that I can be optimistic because God is working everything. Everybody say everything. Come on. God is working everything in my life for good. Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. Now look, I'm not, I, I know life can throw us curveball sometimes. Sometimes it feels like, how can God take everything that's in my life or what we see in life, all the negative stuff that we see, how can God turn that for good? And the answer is, I don't know. I'm not God. But right here, it tells me God takes everything and he turns it around for good. Here's, here's, here's a little something to think about real quick. 
is that God in all things steps in and helps us. And here's what we believe sometimes, and this is flawed thinking, is that we actually tend to believe sometimes that God causes all bad things in my life. And because of that, you know, for whatever reason, because we sinned or we did something wrong, then this has to be why this is happening and I just have to accept it. That's not true. The Bible says in all things, somebody say in all things, come on, in all things, in spite of what happened, what took place, because the rain falls on the just and the unjust, y'all. See, but in all things, in spite of all, this is what makes God so good is because in spite of all the evil there is, God is right there. And he's right with you, and he's alongside you, and he is cheering for you. He's with you. He's giving you strength. And I want to encourage you this morning, man, in all things, in all things, uh, God is still working everything for the good. You know, I talked to my buddy last night, Travis, and as I was telling him a little bit about this message, you know, he just said, man, this is such a blessing to me. And he goes, Nate, let me tell you what happened to me years ago. He goes, is that I actually uh, hurt myself. I tore my ACL and he was a track star at Oklahoma State. And he said, it was the worst days of my life. I remember thinking to myself, God, why would you do this? I had so many promises of being an Olympian and I could have done so many great things. And, and he goes, God, why would you give me this? And then he said, my mother actually read this verse over me that that God works everything for the good everything God works and he said he said I started believing that name and I started working out and I worked harder just saying I can't wait for God to do something I can't wait he said all I know is this three years later I broke three track records at Oklahoma State you want to know why he goes because in that time God was working something through me I was building perseverance in me and he goes and then I became this guy who just loved uh, track and loved God's word. And, and, and it's like it's like what I thought was impossible at one point. For some reason through this time, he goes, God did something great. I want you to know, man, God is doing the same work in you, my friends. Come on, somebody. God is working in and through you in everything. I'm about to say everything. Come on. Everything. Everything in life that you go through, God can turn for good in all things. Trust God. Uh. I can be optimistic because in life, God's spirit will help me in my weakness. You know, Romans 8.24 says this, when hope for what we, who hopes for what they have already? That doesn't make any sense. Who hopes for what they already have? If you have something, you're not praying for it. Maybe you're giving gratitude. Uh, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we will wait for it patiently. And in the same way, the spirit helps us in our Weakness and Paul's just reminding you, man, in, in, in your hardest times, look, all of us deal with that one thing. We can be optimistic that one thing is true, that because we have a certain weakness in our life, that does not mean that God is not with us. In fact, God is closer to, in fact, He unleashes the Holy Spirit to be with us, uh, uh in, in our weakest moments. And I want to encourage you, the Holy Spirit is with you. And I want to close by saying this. The final one is that I can be optimistic because nothing can separate me from the love of God. Romans 8.38 says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All that means is that you and I, friends, we can never outrun the kindness of God. We can't outrun the grace of God. We can't outrun the love of God. 
And in our minds, we might think we can at times, but I want you to know it's in his word. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Come on. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. All to say this, after these eight, man, we have every reason to be optimistic. Man, if you have no foundation or maybe you don't read your Bible or maybe you do, here's what I want to advise you. Go home and read Romans 8 over and over and over until you're self-talking in your mind about when things go wrong. No, no, I can be optimistic because I have eternity secure in Christ. My sins are forgiven that God has never left me. If God is for me, who can be against me? And when you start speaking life over your circumstances, watch what begins to happen in your life. Because here's what I've learned in life, that there's two types of people, but let me use birds as an analogy, if I may, is that there's vultures and there's hummingbirds. A vulture flies in the air. And what does it look for? Dead things. A hummingbird flies in the air. And what does it look for? Sweet things. One is flying and it's going over the same area as the hummingbird is. And it's looking and it's looking. God, I can't find anything good. It's so bad down there. But a hummingbird flies around and it looks for something. And all that to say, it's all about perspective. We can be in the same situation in life. We can be facing the same thing in life, you and I. But it's all about perspective. It's how you see things. In fact, King Solomon wrote this in Proverbs. Love this verse. Listen to this. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. Notice it says when you search for good, you don't find good. No, you find favor in God's eyes. When your outlook on life is positive, when you're grounded in God's word and you're like, I trust God with everything. Guess what God gives you? He gives you favor. But when you, but when you go searching for evil, guess, guess, actually it says evil will find you. Isn't that kind of creepy? Like evil's coming looking for you. That's kind of creepy, isn't it? For me it is. And here's what I know. It is all about how we see things. We can look at something and see the glass half empty. We can see something and see the glass half full. Let me finish with this last story. They did this test with kids. Uh, you know, they found two kids, brothers, five and six years old, with some extreme personalities. And one of them was an extreme pessimist. The other one, an extreme optimist. And they decided, you know, let's run a test and see how they would react to similar situations or whatever situation they're in. So they took one of the kids, they put him in a room, the pessimist kid, and they filled the room up with toys. And inside there, they let the kid walk in and the kid walks in and just begins to cry. And they said, what's wrong? He said, oh, all these toys in here, I'm probably going to break all of them. Oh, this is way too much. And then they take the other kid, the optimist. And they take him to a room full of manure. It smells and it stinks. And before you know it, this kid is inside the manure. He's got his hands in. He's taking stuff out. And they said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, my God, with all this manure in here, there has got to be a pony in this room somewhere. There's got to be a pony, a little horse in here somewhere. Do you know the difference, my friends? It's perspective. You can find whatever you're looking for. And I want to encourage you this morning. What are you looking for? Sometimes the greatest blessing is in front of you, and maybe we just need to open up our eyes and see. Would you please close your eyes and bow your heads? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everyone that's here this morning that can be reminded of your goodness, that if we are to believe in these words written right here, that if you're for us, who can be against us? Oh, we can do great things in your name. 
Families would be healed in such a way and, and, and powerful and, and, and be used for your glory in such a way that, 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 that it would just be great. Father, I pray, Lord, that we, as a church, we would wrap our mind, our, we would wrap our minds around just being optimistic and standing firm in what you have for us, Father God. And we thank you that this morning, Lord, we have a chance to actually begin to self-talk in our minds. And as we think, Lord, this can be a part of us, Lord, 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 I know one thing, Lord, that we can never, ever just stop thinking negatively, but we can replace what's in our thoughts by those things that are a part of your word. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing us in and through us this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. Everybody say amen. Come on. God bless you guys, Pastor. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.